This is Joe Cole. This is Ruben Loftus-Cheek and you're listening to the London, the London is Blue podcast. Hello and welcome back to Blue Royalty, a London is Blue show dedicated to the Chelsea women's team. Chelsea ensure it's not a totally bleak Sunday for the Blues with a 3-1 win over Manchester United at Lee Sports Village, ending the Red Devils' unbeaten start to the season inflicting their first three goals conceded as well. So it was um, a pretty miserable start to the day to be a Chelsea fan, but fortunately the girls got it done, as actually tends tends to happen quite. It's just a normal weekend at this point. Um, <laughs> I am joined, as always, by Abdullah. Abdullah, how are you doing, man? Not too bad, not too bad. After the bleak start to the day, as you said, it's, uh, it's, it's it was great to end the evening well, for me, it was extended, right? I watched, I watched the second half the next day, but it was a nice extension to the next day and ending it on a high as of 30 minutes ago. So we're good. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Abdullah stayed up to watch the first half. Uh, I'm amazed it didn't send him to sleep during it, but uh, went to bed at halftime and, w- and woke up for the second half. I w- watched second half this morning. Uh, amazing stuff. But that other voice you could hear is Moya Abiona, football broadcaster and Manchester United fan. I promise, I promise we invited her on before we knew the result. Moya, how are you doing? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I wish I'd got an invite later and I'd say I got, I got sick or something. But um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all good. I'm good. Thanks for having me. No, thanks for coming on the show. Uh, yeah, um, Moya is uh, absolutely great, as you guys will hear as the, the show goes on, but we're really, we're really happy to have her. Um, so today, instead of like picking up themes like we normally do, we're kind of just going to take a chronological view because I feel like this game just really unfolded in an interesting way. Um, as we've kind of said, the first half wasn't the most riveting, but it did get going in the second half. Uh, but first, as always, we will kick off with some three-word match reviews. Lils at Panila CFCW coming in with Manchester is blue. <laughs> Joe Flemons going with sending a message. Donna Rawlinson, brilliant as always. Uh, and Matt Matt 71 saying, cheered me up. We can all agree with that one. Uh, Abdullah, what are you going with? I'm going with slow start again. I mean, it's just we can go with all the positives and, and, and the fact that, uh, that, that we won. But for me, it was just that first half that was just so frustrating. And I was like why so yeah that's for me it's just another slow start moya coming to you now what is your free word match review um i'm going to give it as class always shows class always shows damn yeah, I like that. <laughs> That's nice. Um, I, actually haven't, <laughs> I actually haven't thought of one at all. Um, I've left myself in the lurch. I was busy, you know, warning Moyo, being like, you might want to think about this before we start. And then, <laughs> then didn't think about it myself. Um, but I will go with LJ Ice Cold. Um, LJ counts as one word because that's like initials but yeah that that bad kiss, badge kissing moment um, we'll talk about a bit later on but I was like whew damn um, we are talking about the Manchester United game that took place on Mon- Sunday the 6th of November in the WSL at Lee Sports Village Chelsea 3 Manchester United 1 goals from Sam Kerr in the 60th minute Lauren James in the 64th Alessia Russo in the 71st getting one back for United and Aaron Cuthbert in the 92nd minute um just want to say that of course given Alessia Russo came through Chelsea's academy we'll just take that as four Chelsea goals <laughs> <I think. laughs> but uh, you know uh, yeah that, that's that quality coming through from Cobham um but I don't know this was quite an interesting Chelsea starting lineup. So, do you just want to talk us through a little bit how we lined up, what it was looking like, and and some of the things that maybe changed over the past week or so? 
Yeah, for sure. Um, now, I think the debate once again was, is it a 4-3-3? Is it a 3-4-3? So I'm going to read it as I see it here. Um, it was Anne Ketchenberg and goal. We had the back three of Ericsson, Bright, Buchanan with a midfield four of Wrighton, Ingle, Aaron Cuthbert, and Neve Charles at right wing back with Pena Lahada, Samka, and Lauren James as the front three. Now, obviously, last week we had, um, you know, we had uh, Harry Say starting at right wing back or right back um, at the time. And, and kind of one of the big surprising things that had a kickoff was the fact that we saw. Uh, Neve Charles starting and kind of I think I believe the reasoning for that was her physicality which I guess we saw in the game where it came into play where it didn't but um and we'll get into it a little bit later but for me it just it didn't make much sense in other aspects of the game uh on the other hand um Bright and Buchanan switch positions so Buchanan play a bit more of a wide center back role than more of a center center back which I think for me is the best way to play this Chelsea back three slash you know, back four when you're playing those centre backs then. Uh probably and then I don't know with with the other with the rest of them, I think it was pretty much uh standard uh, setting there. Um but you know I, I thought I thought overall it was it was it was a bit like they started off as a three, could have been a four, then switched back to a three and it was kind of a little bit confusing, but I thought aspects of it of the game were better uh it, you know especially that what was compared to last week i thought you know just a kind of quick shout out to magda erickson for playing what i think was a much more improved performance from this left center backs left back role and a bit more interchangeability there so i think overall uh i think chelsea had a couple more positives from from the last week or so yeah moyo what what did you make of kind of the millie bright kadisha buchanan switch because we've not really seen the best out of buchanan so far have we but she yeah. did feel more assured in this kind of wider position, right? Did you did you think that? Yeah, she looked she looked a lot more comfortable playing where she played yesterday. Um, yeah, and, and as she was saying as well, like I've kind of felt as though she hasn't fully like settled yet. Not anything to do with the team per se, but more so like the positional element of it and how it differs from where she played um, at Lyon. Um, and then I also think because of the fact that it's like. Magda needs to play, Millie needs to play, and she also kind of needs to play. And then it's kind of like, but we, we're going to get you all playing, but we don't really know how. So it, it does feel like a bit of mix and match right now, just to get them all on the pitch. Um, but you guys aren't losing, so I guess it's, it's, not, it's not working out too badly. So. <laughs> that's true. We are still conceding, but yeah, we're not, not losing. So that's, uh, that's something. Um, United, normally a team who you can kind of, predict their lineup I find but there are a couple of absentees weren't there Moyo Onobatia and, and Lucia Garcia both missing big misses down that right hand side although Alessia Russo was was back to start you were feeling concerned about Maria Torres Dottir at fullback talk talk to me a bit about that that defensive lineup and and what you kind of thought of that yeah um I mean it's no slight on Torres Dottir but I just think like the position, the person she's coming in for in that in that position. So with Honor, I feel like Honor's our best player. Like if I was to choose who I think our most important player is, I'd say it's her. Um, purely because she's so impactful on the offensive and defensive end. And I know that Lauren James was licking her lips at the prospect of going against <laughs> Torres Dottier, which is why I was becoming like anxiety was filling me more and more because I was just thinking, I know she's excited. Like she was already excited before the game. But like after seeing the lineup, I know she was even more excited. I feel like Torres Dotte is not 
naturally quick. Um, and so you already lose so much in that in that element because LJ is quick. Um, and I feel like just that difference between her and Honor in speed already makes a huge difference. But also the fact that she doesn't really feel comfortable out wide. I don't know what else he could have done because it's not like we're blessed with lots of fullbacks. Um, but it was just always not gonna not gonna work. It, LJ was taking a run every single time. Like, as soon as she got the ball, it was like I'm taking a run, and I know you won't be able to stop me. And that was very, very, very tough to watch. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, to be fair to Maria Torres Dottier, LJ does that to most fullbacks. So. To everyone. Yeah, I was like, I was yeah. like, it's so inevitable. But if we can get someone that makes it a little more inevitable, like a little less inevitable, then it'd be great. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's tough because LJ literally can do it to anyone. Um, but the sheer volume of the amount of time she did it to us was was giving me stress. <laughs> that that's fair. I think I'd have been the same if I was in your position. Um, yeah. Abdullah, just chat, just talk us through some of these uh, stats that that we've got from the game. Yeah, for sure. So I think I mean shots was 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 a bit crazy. So United had seven shots versus Chelsea sixteen, and it was two on target versus six. So I think there was quite a disparity over there. But you know, United had a little bit more possession, fifty two versus forty eight. So um, you know they, they you know they had a little bit of control seeing as they were at home. Uh, 393 passes to Chelsea's 372. So I think you can read into kind of already kind of the game that maybe Chelsea were subjected to slash they were playing versus United. Uh, pass accuracy of 76 to 74%, 8 to 10 fouls to United, um, one yellow card to none, no red cards, three offsides for United, two to Chelsea, and three corners to United, two Chelsea, six. And I believe, you know, in all of this, Chelsea had an XG of 1.1 versus United's 0.5. So I guess the slightly counter-attacky game of Chelsea kind of yielded more chances than United's 0.5, you know, though uh, they had more control and more possession of the ball. Yeah, I think what those kind of stats feel like they say, Moyo, is that even though I don't want to gas up United too much, but like... I feel like some of the reaction to this game has been like, oh, United just can't cut it at the top of the league. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a world where this game kind of goes a bit differently, no? Yes, to an extent, to an extent. Like, I feel like United fans naturally, like, when we go into games against Chelsea, we're really conceding six points. And I feel like that sort of seeps into the players a bit. Because when we play Chelsea, we look the most starstruck as compared to whenever we play anybody else. Um, I feel like we already think we're going to lose and therefore we go into it thinking a draw would be all right. But in going for a draw, we always end up losing. So I feel like, <laughs> yeah, I feel like we're stuck in a, in a tough place because fans' expectations are almost for, is accelerated quicker than what we can actually see. Like if we actually just take a breath and actually look at the team, there are a lot of differences in our squads and Chelsea squad and our squad and Arsenal squad and, and Arsenal squad for example like there's still that difference but I feel like fans don't want to believe it just because we've come so close to top three a couple times um but like we had a couple injuries and straight away like the disparity between the starter and who played for them is too big I feel like when Chelsea are missing somebody like Frank Herbie wasn't there and you would have never known you would have honestly you would have never known. <laughs> yeah. Chelsea can have a player out and they still work like an a, like a well-oiled machine. And I feel like that's where we're not at. Yeah, it's definitely, I think, something that you can see United 
starting to make progress on and we we spoke to Natalie about it in our in our preview that that some of the signings in the summer had maybe made baby steps there but yeah you know Chelsea have obviously been building this squad for a very very long time on a much bigger scale than United but we're going to take a big a big uh, but we are going to take a quick ad break and when we get back we will get into the game in a little bit more detail all right, as we've kind of said before, we've got our own feed now. There are unique episodes on the Blue Royalty feed that now aren't going out on the main Londoners Blue feed. That preview episode that we did before this United game is a great example of that, and that there'll be more of that coming in the future. So make sure you are following us at Blue Royalty on, on Spotify, um, iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts, um, rate, review, etc., all of that good stuff. Um, but, okay, let's get into the... Slightly boring first half. <laughs> um, I think the thing that kind of stood out to me about this first half, Abdullah, I don't know what your take on this was, was that this felt, and, and this is why maybe I was saying that the United like can't compete at this level is a bit overly doom and gloom, but it felt like two fairly good teams kind of cancelling each other out, at least for the first half hour or so. I think towards in that last 15 minutes, Chelsea started to put their foot down a bit more, but but what did you make of it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. I, I, fe- I felt it felt very much like two teams kind of respecting each other's uh, strengths, uh, at least for those first 20, 25 minutes, feeling each other out. I think Chelsea might have been quietly surprised by the way United had started the season and they kind of didn't want to go all guns gun oh, the all guns blazing going into that into that first half and kind of trying to dictate possession and dictate the game because I think you know doing that would have probably been a mistake considering you know they have Alessia Russo, Leah Galton and, and all you know uh, all these kind of players that are really really good at um at counterattacking especially high up the pitch. So I think I think that's a fair comment to, a fair comment to make but at the same time I felt like Neither team, even 20, 30 minutes later, took took the game for themselves and said, all right, we've seen the game. We've seen how everybody's been playing. We see where everyone's, we know everyone's doing what. But nobody for me was like, right, I'm going to take a little bit of the ascendancy, you know, maybe quicken the game a little bit and kind of push from there. And I think that really caused a lot of the, a lot of the teams, to, you know, both the teams to kind of sit back and not create as much. And you know, at the same time, I felt like where there was attacking opportunity, at least from a Chelsea perspective, it just didn't, the first half tactics just for me didn't work. I mean, I felt like there was very much uh, um, the wrong personnel going into the wrong positions in an attacking sense where you're like, you're getting into decent positions, but you're not, you're not technically good enough to execute these. And I think the positioning was off for certain players, at least, you know, we'll, we'll talk about this in, in, in a few minutes, but like, I feel like Chelsea's left-hand side, just everybody's positioning was wrong. Players who should have been wider were narrower. Players who were narrower were wider. Players who should have been deeper should, were, no, were higher. So for me, it was it was just a mixture of the respect of the two teams, but also no one really taking the game uh, to themselves and, you know, players in wrong positions. And I think from a United perspective, the fullbacks aren't attacking. Neither Hannah Blundell and Meredith Horst, obviously we know them from when they were playing at Chelsea, playing in different positions, but they're not attack-minded players. They're not ones who are going to, you know, bust the guy. They're like on a batcher who's like, okay, I can defend, but I want to get down that pitch. I want to take control and I want to push. And I felt like kind of all that coming together, especially in the wide areas, was for me something that just kind of was a recipe for disaster in terms of the pace of the game and kind of how everybody played, at least in that first half. 
Moya, there was one good opportunity for United in that half, right? The the Russo cut back for, for Ella Toon that kind of bobbles and takes a deflection and AK yeah. just about holds on to. Did you feel like Chelsea's passivity in that first half was playing into United's hands? Did you want to like try and make more of that, do you think? Yeah, yeah, exactly that. Like other than that chance, who like Russo made that chance for herself. Like it it wasn't like we can't that go to XYZ. It's so yeah. clever as well. Can I just say no one's thinking she's gonna make that pass. And I feel like that's where she brings like an unpredictable an unpredictability to play in centre forward because she can work the channels as well. So when she when she went up into the right hand channel, I was like, Okay, I feel like she's gonna do something here. The cutback was great. Um Ella didn't really get the connection she wanted to on the on the finish, but it almost worked out in her favour because the deflection, like <laughs> the deflection almost took it in, to be honest. Um, but I just thought, yeah, like other than that, we didn't use that to create momentum. We were just like, oh, okay, Chelsea are kind of like not too fast. Let's also not be too fast. And I feel like that's the difference between us and the and the top teams. Like top teams can just switch it on. Like they take advantage of the fact that the other team isn't playing how they usually do. Like, that would have been the moment to capitalise, but I just felt like United didn't really do that. Yeah, and it's interesting, Abdullah, Moyo kind of talking about Russo coming out into the channels because we actually saw Sam Kerr doing that quite a lot, didn't we? It was this kind of weird... And I don't know whether this was a tactic that because Honor Batia wasn't available, Chelsea were like, okay, we really want to try and overload those areas. But there was kind of like, Guru Wrighton came in quite narrow to try and disrupt United's possession there because they obviously weren't worried about Blundell getting down that side particularly. And then Sam Kerr was kind of coming out into the space where Guru Wrighton had vacated. But none of it, it wasn't really generating it was kind of interesting to watch but it wasn't really generating anything interesting yeah i i i, to- I totally agree i think uh, you know for me uh it was really weird because you had magda erickson while she played a really good game at left back um i thought you know from a defensive point of view and kind of positionally i thought magda was really good but one thing i noticed was she was playing a lot higher than normal and she was getting into really good attacking positions but magda erickson's not an attacking left back and that's where Guru Wrighton should have been in terms of crossing positions. But she was, like you said, she was a lot narrower trying to disrupt that half space where United center back and fullback was. And you had Sam kind of taking up that wide space area on the left-hand side, which left then no one really kind of hovering around the inside of our left-hand channel of the box where the cutback of the cross could have gone. So I felt like the players were in right positions. I mean, sorry, the players were in the right positions in general, but the personnel were in the wrong positions. You just kind of tweak that around a little bit and you can, um, you know, you, you you have something there that, that could have been made. But for me, what I found funny was if you're going to play Magda in that sort of position in this attacking left-back role, then you might as well have played, you might as well have played Guro as maybe the left wing-back in this, you know, three slash four. Let her play wide bring in someone else to play this like kind of like left-sided um you know left-sided number 10 role where guru was playing anyway to kind of take up the inside spaces and then you have you know maybe sam kerr kind of stay a little bit inside have maybe Aaron kind of come into that space and push guru out wide there could have been a different there could have been a different different options over there but for me at least in that in that in that beginning period it just didn't work for me 
Players in the wrong positions. Magnus crosses weren't great. Let's be real. But again, I'm still coming out with that going. Magda left back. Can I work defensively? It's looking like it. But yeah, I just, I didn't, for me, it didn't work. And I don't know how, I don't know how you both felt about it, but I felt, I don't know whether it was like weird. I felt like United dealt with it without really dealing with that situation. It was like, the overload on itself kind of allowed them to go forward, but Chelsea just couldn't take advantage of, you know. Yeah, it was. I think the thing that stood out to me that I thought did come good from the Magda at left-back type thing was that when United did have moments where they played out from the back well, you could really see Chelsea's defence rotate all the way round. So there was like yeah. one movement where United... I think they managed to get the ball like out towards Leah Goldson. And I think maybe she even got past Neve Charles, but then like Khadija Buchanan had already come across and she was almost occupying that right back space. And you yeah. still had Millie Bright and Magda Eriksson, right? And Moya United found it quite hard to, to really play successfully through Chelsea's press, didn't they? Yeah. And I feel like as the match wore on as well, like we were struggling more and more with it. Um, and I feel like that's where the adaptation element comes into it. Because whilst we were struggling with the press and we were starting to struggle with the press even more, I feel like someone should have been on... Like, I could see Mary Up shouting out stuff to her defence about, like, adaptations. But, like, in the middle as well, like, there needed to be some adaptations in that sense. Like, sometimes Katie Zellan would drop that. Sometimes Hayley Ladd would drop deep as well to come and collect it. But I feel like they were just doing it as a single entity. So, like, I'm dropping down to go and help defence. But then the rest of the midfield wasn't like, okay, now that Katie has dropped, let us do this. Or now that Haley's dropped, let's do this. It felt as though there was still that disconnect between defence and midfield for United, at least. Yeah, it was um, It was definitely interesting to see United kind of try to solve it. And I guess this comes back to the thing of United being a young not in age terms but like in in terms of still going through a process whereas this Chelsea team is just kind of insanely well drilled in that sense uh, but Abdullah I want yeah. to talk to you about the midfield Chelsea's midfield as well because we kind of saw Sophie Ingle and Aaron Cuthbert as a double pivot and I know this is just your jam so I just want you to have an opportunity to <laughs> to do some midfield chat <laughs> okay let's go I think we need to have a section called the, the Mr week. Midfield himself <laughs> Abdullah Abdullah I'll, t- I'll take that maybe we should have like the the midfield chat section every week you know just just for the sake of it um it it was better, I think, this week. Um, definitely better uh, in this game than it was in previous. Because to me, this double pivot is very... And don't get me wrong when I say this. I feel like it's very negative. Because Ingle isn't the most creative midfielder out there. Very simple. Does the basics well. Wants to kind of sit, take the ball, recycle. Does her thing, right? Cool. I'm just going to be, you know, invisible here and kind of do my thing. And Aaron Cuthbert's the opposite this explosion of tenacity, intensity, pace. And while on paper, that kind of makes sense. But for me, if Cuthbert's been converted into this number six, then you might as well play her as this number six all the time and let her do the same thing, but as a number six. Because for me, I'd like some of that dynamism, protecting the defense, protecting the defense, kind of, you know, allowing Chelsea to play a little bit with a bit more energy going forward gives them something getting out of there 
and going from there. But I felt like in this game, it kind of worked because, you know, we, you know, we've talked about United being this team that's really dangerous on, in transition. They've got some really good players, especially in the number 10. Obviously, Ella Tunes there, Russo's there. And I think when you've got players like that playing in and around the box, you're going to need someone, maybe like Sophie Engel, to kind of calm it down, keep her eye on the ball and on their positioning and kind of go with that experience over there. But I don't think this is something that's going to work long term. It worked today. It may work for another few games this season. But I really feel like we're starting to see this sort of, I don't want to say decline. Maybe it's a, too harsh of a word. Maybe it's not. But like Ingle's slowly starting to kind of lose her authority overall in this Chelsea set. And I don't think there is beyond maybe a few months from now that we can rely on Ingle, especially in the much bigger games. Maybe we're talking about Champions League knockout stages. is not someone who I want to be going in there with Aaron Cuthbert because when you're playing teams like that, you're going to need two players who are mobile, energetic, or at least if, if, if it's not, if it's not the energy, there's got to be that creativity. There's got to be that vision. There's got to be that prog progressive, at least from a passing perspective or even from a dribbling perspective that comes in there. Because at least when Jesse Fleming's playing in there, you know, and to me, I felt like the game was crying for Jesse Fleming to come into that into that midfield, at least you know, as the half wore on, because it you just, we just they were just missing that that extra bit of spark going forward in that midfield, and I felt like Cuthbert's great at doing it, but she's so good at playing as that number six that for me, I feel like you know she just needs that that other partner who brings in a bit more technicality, a bit more grace and 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 you know forward thinking intensity that i didn't th that i don't think ingle had but overall i think for the situation of the game and the situation of the way it worked i felt like all right it, it kind of worked just for today i hope that all made sense yeah i don't know if i entirely agree but um i think <laughs> i do think ingle has i think you have to pick and choose the games we play sophie ingle now yeah that's where it yeah. is for me, um, Moya, I don't know what what have you made at like kind of from an outside perspective of this Aaron Cuthbert conversion. Like, do you think this is something that long term works for Chelsea, or is it more of a stopgap thing? Um, I feel like with Aaron Cuthbert specifically, you can play her anywhere, and you know you're going to get a minimum of a seven out of ten. To be honest, <laughs> like performance from her, like he's. She's that versatile and she's that good. So obviously, towards the end of last season, I know that she was saying that like she really wants to play in midfield. Like that's where she she sees herself as a midfielder, but obviously she'll play anywhere. Um, and as Abdullah was just saying as well, with the like the tenacity of Cuthbert sort of reminds me of the of how England used Georgia Stanway. So I get kind of like the dynamic of what he's saying with Sophie Ingle because she doesn't have the progressive passing of Akira Walsh, for example. Like, she's a progressive, she can do progressive passing, but I wouldn't say it comes intrinsically to her like in the way that it does, like, Akira Walsh. Um, but I feel like for what we are trying to do, it, it, it does sort of make sense to have them there because Cuthbert doesn't straightway think defence. Obviously, she's played as a wingback, so she knows how to defend. But, like, her first thought isn't to defend. So I feel like having... Ingle there is sort of like a not a stopgap per se but as like a insurance that we'll still be defensively solid whilst attempting to go forward with Cuthbert um I don't know I see Cuthbert as an like an eight personally like I 
he has an eight in a in a four three three. But obviously, you guys don't really play with four four three three. You kind of do like a hybrid between a three at the back and a kind of four at the back. Um, so I feel like it's because of your formation that Comfort's role is a bit hazy. Um, but yeah, I think it's not a stopgap. Wherever she plays, she'll play well. It just depends on what Chelsea want to do moving forward. Like, if they want to stick with this formation, and if so, where would she play in that formation to get the best out of her? Yeah, and obviously, you know, the question of Melanie Leupoltz and when and when she might come back from maternity leave. But yeah. um, just before we finish off the first, talking about the first half, I'm going to quick fire to both of you. Maya Letizia's foul on Guru Wrighton. <laughs> penalty? Moyo? Was it a penalty? It was a penalty. It was a penalty. Yeah. It, was a, it, was a, it was an accidental penalty, but penalties don't really care if it's an accident, to be honest. It, it was a penalty, um, but it wasn't on purpose, if that helps. <laughs> okay. That's what the ref took into consideration. Yeah. I don't know, I assume you're going to agree. If we've got the United fans to say it's a penalty, I assume you'll say yes to. But I yeah, I mean, ref, the ref saw Maya's heart. That's good. I always like my referees to be considering the heart of the players. Yeah, intent, you know, like just, just, just mental intent. Yeah, for sure. No, I mean, like, what do I need to say? I mean, I, 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 I think it's a penalty, but if the United men saying it's a penalty, then my, my word doesn't really matter now, does to be it? Fair, to be fair, Guru Wrighton didn't ask for it, so she saw Maya Letizia's heart too. Maya's heart as well. Everyone <laughs> saw Maya's heart and just said, you know what? <laughs> All right, Paul Green said after the game, he was very. It was a very leading question from Lindsay Hooper on Sky Sports, which did make me laugh. Um, where she was like, "Should players appeal more? Do you think?" And Paul like kind of said, he was like, "Yeah, maybe they, maybe they should appeal more." Lindsay was like, "Will you talk to them about it?" He was like, "Yeah." I will talk to them. I was like, all right. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Um, he didn't really seem to have given that one much for. Um, Emma Hayes but, after hey, the hey. game must have been going, Paul, I need to teach you about media duties now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's when Emma Hayes was like phoning about, I'll be back for the Tottenham game, Paul. <laughs> She'd seen enough. <laughs> all right. Um, let's get on to the second half. Moya, United came out really quickly at the second half. It was like a totally different. What did Mark say at halftime? Give us the inside scoop. <laughs> I, I, in my head, yeah, Mark doesn't really talk like that. Like in my head, yeah, when they go for half time, it's not really Mark that talks. I feel like it's like a dictatorship. Like Katie Zellum, just like listen, bang, bang, bang. This is what we're doing. Um, Mark's like reading some philosophy at the side. Yeah, whilst I think Katie's... he's just like, I think he just lets them go for it. And he's like, yeah, sounds good to me. Like, I think he's, I think he's very much a let's sort it out amongst ourselves sort of thing. Um, but no, United did start the second half really quick. I felt like the player that really shone in those first like 10 minutes was Hayley Ladd. Like she was winning the ball really high up. Um, I felt like when Chelsea were trying to play up from the back, she was always like pushing up against one of them. So she was cutting off their passing supplies. Um, but like, I'm having this United side is that like in that moment, we started really well. I probably said we had like a good 10 minutes of like, we're putting pressure on Chelsea right now. But like, we're not, carving out clear-cut chances during that pressure. So, like, we win the ball back. Hayley wins the ball back, pass it to someone. But then, okay, what next? It's like sometimes they don't think beyond the, we've just won the ball back. And by the time they've thought about what they want to do, it's like, Chelsea won the ball back and now they're on the counter. But, yeah, I, I, I feel like it started well. I feel like because it was still 0-0 and we hadn't conceded, it was like, okay, we're in with a chance here. Especially because I'm sure the six one was still kind of playing on their on their minds in terms of we don't want to give Chelsea too much freedom. 
But at the same time, let's try and impose ourselves a bit and see where it gets us. Um, but I feel like in those moments, you've got to kind of commit. You've got to commit to we're gonna we're gonna really go for it in these ten min in this ten minutes, as opposed to we're gonna go for it seventy percent, but still kind of keep our eye on what Chelsea could do. Um, and I felt like we were kind of caught between two minds. Yeah, I definitely felt quite nervous in those first fifteen minutes of the second half. Um, yeah. But uh, there were four goals, four goals in this half. First one, this was just so classic United. Um, basically, Katie Zellum, <sighs> she should have been talking to herself at halftime. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> agreed. Passed to Zoe Ingle, who uh, who gave the ball to Sam Kerr, who kind of got two two goes at it after I think it was Leticia maybe blocked the first one. Oh yeah, and then it went through her legs. Um, Mary Earps' positioning, did you think that was a bit strange, Abdullah? Or was were you just like, this is just classic United against Chelsea? They've they always like have this moment where they like mentally crumble and Lose do something like possible. Yeah, mm. I think I think it was a bit of both. I, did, I just I think her positioning was a result of the fact that I didn't think she realized she was expecting Katie Zellum to give the ball away in that position. And everything just happened so fast. And there was a kind of there was a couple of bodies in between Sam and and, and Mary Earps and the goal. So I felt like I'll give Mary Earps the benefit of the doubt. The fact that the quickness of the transition. Bodies in the way. Sam's really good finish through the leg. You know, I think it was, was it through the legs. If I don't, if I remember correctly, yeah, yeah, through, through, the legs. Legs. through the legs. Yeah, exactly. So I think even more of a reason why she was just blocked from the view. And you know, so I, yeah, I'll just give her the benefit of the doubt that it was just more like, all right, everything. Oh, you're so a fast. wise man because Marriott's is scary. So <laughs> I know. I would. I, would I, was, I, 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 <laughs> I, I spent I spent enough time talking to her agent when I was down there to know that Marriott's is a scary person. I'm just going to keep my safe in my <laughs> life, even though I'm 3,000 miles away. It's totally fine. <laughs> you don't want to come. For, you don't want to be making a TikTok about you looking grumpy over exactly. <laughs> you saying some <laughs> shit on the podcast. <laughs> exactly. uh, but Moya, there was a pretty quick fire second goal as well, which was maybe yeah. the killer here. Um, this was just classic Chelsea, where we love to do this. Do you think we're going to play some nice football? No. This football club never plays nice football. We like to pump it long. Uh, yeah, ball over the top yeah. to Sam Kerr. In that left-hand channel that we are kind of talking about, cut back to the on-rushing Lauren James. Who else? Perfectly in the bottom corner. Knee slide, kissing the badge. How are you feeling? Do you know what? I'm, I think I'm not going to sound like a couple United fans here, but like I am really rooting for Lauren James. So, yeah, I'm going to let the, the, the badge slide because in my head I'm like listen we all know and we've all been knowing that she's a Chelsea fan so I'm not going to take it too personal and I feel like she was maybe caught between two minds of the kissing of the badge here but once the fans started booing her she was like yep decided if I score I'm kissing the badge I don't give a damn um and you know what good on her I knew she was gonna score because that's just her like in big games that is her um United fans know that because that was her for us before so we can't be shocked we cannot be shocked but what we can be annoyed at is the fact that the goal was that easy for them that it was too easy for Chelsea to score that goal and I feel like we've been messing about before then some of the passing out from the back you're messing about right now and I feel like have you not learned from the 6-1 have you not learned from the 3-1 in the Conti Cup how many chances do you want like I could have said to the whole team in the beginning listen let's not mess about here if we see any danger coming just kick it long and then we'll regroup but this team I feel like because it was still nil-nil in the first half we started getting ahead of ourselves like oh yeah 
we're Barcelona. We can pass out from the back. We're so slick. You're, we're not. We're not. We're not slick yet. We are not that slick side passing out from the back. I'm not saying don't do it at all, but pick and choose your moments. Like before, even before the first goal, Millie Turner had given had given the ball away twice before then and said, "Sorry, I'm all for the story." The first time, the second time, it's like stop it now, just stop it. I don't know. The third goal. Maria Torres' daughter is pointing at LJ's coming. Someone keep an eye on LJ. But LJ's that I think she wanted Hayley Ladd to move over from her player to LJ. But Hayley Ladd was already marking, I think it was Erin Cuthbert at the time. So it was like, how do you want me to mark two people? You're marking space. So if anything, Doris' daughter should have gone towards LJ and actually cut off the, the lane of where she shot. But it's once again, it's like the small details the, the small moments is like this is a decision I'm making but one decision just leads to so many different things and Chelsea just take advantage of that um sorry Abdul I didn't know if you wanted to jump in because you're hovering over I know so mic, I was I was but... gonna sorry I was gonna say that um it sounds like what one Millie should have done the other Millie did because it just felt like Millie Bright was booting everything out that was there I mean there was a point where yeah. Chelsea were just like on this uh Chelsea were just on this defensive they were just defending for their lives at one point right after after the goal started going in and kind of kind of what Moya was saying that when Millie Turner should have been booting it out and not being you know Irene Paredes um Millie Bright was just going the ball Honestly. I don't care I'm just taking Honestly. I'm just I'm just showing this in Rose Z and I was like that actually made I mean for, for the situation I felt like that made sense and yeah maybe United should have done that in, in, instead in, in moments where all right we know how dangerous they are and they're showing signs of this of this transition game we need to just Clear the ball, delay this as long as possible. Yeah. Moyo, I'm going to need the United staff to be getting you on the sideline so I can just see you Honestly, going, stop I it, help, stop it. Them so much, stop it now, just stop it. <laughs> That's all they need. Um, sometimes it is, you know, and, and yeah, Abdullah says that about Millie Bright, but it's true. She's like, made, we joke about it, but she is someone who's kind of made an art of just being like, Okay, sometimes you just boot it. I don't care whether you think that means I'm not fancy and maybe I won't win the Ballon d'Or and be thought of as this, you know, amazing defender, but Honestly. it's effective, right? <laughs> it's effective. Yeah. Um, yeah. Good tweet from Mia Eriksson as well, friend of the pod. When Chelsea plays a nice cutback into zone four, things happen. Scrap the crosses, go with the cutbacks. That is a lovely goal, Kurt assist, LJ goal, which I think is totally true. The crossing was dire. The cutbacks were, were much better. Um, but Moyo... Katie Zellum obviously made that error, but then Aaron Cuthbert said, listen, Katie, don't worry. I will repay the favour and pass the ball to Ella Toon. This was a, actually a really nice goal, right? And this is what I thought goal. was different about United in the past, is that Tooney, Rousseau are now at the level where if that error happens, they make, they did make the most of it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Rousseau is just a really good, big game player to be honest like if you actually look at where most of her goals have come from like it's 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 goals against City Arsenal she scored against City Arsenal Chelsea last season in cups and in oh, like and in the league so I feel like she understands the big moment she can play in for the big moment um and her and just have a great connection on the pitch we sort of England we sort of United last season and I feel like if we that's something if we get those chances to Russo, like she can deliver. Um, I don't 
don't think she had a good game yesterday, to be honest. I'm like, other than the assist, I don't think she was good. Um, I don't think she has been good this season, to be honest, minus the Reading game, I think it was. I know, and it's a controversial opinion because I actually have been Ella Toon hype train since maybe 20, 28, like literally since the beginning. And OG. When she was on the bench for United. OG, Ella Toon fan. Like, and I'm still a huge fan, but she has not been playing well. But because she can make moments out of nothing, she'll just continue to play. So I'm not mad that she's playing. She should be playing because she can do what she did yesterday, which is the ball broke. And her first thought was, I'm getting it straight to Alessia. Like, I'm not looking left and right to see which midfielders are coming. I'm passing straight to you. Um, and I feel like she has that that some of the other players don't necessarily have. But yeah, I don't think she's been good this season. But I'm hoping that she's doing a reversal of what she usually does, which is she normally starts well and teeters off. But she started badly this season. So I'm hoping that it can only get better from here. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Obviously, again, we talked about in the preview, but the effects of kind of the Euros on the United players who won the tournament and whether that would kind of help. But I guess that's the flip side, right, as well. I'm not saying it's necessarily totally to do with that, but you have all this hype around you. You're getting all these, like, nice invites. You know, maybe you're, like, feeling yourself a bit more. And sometimes that's not always... Some players thrive off that and some players it becomes a bit of a, a distraction, right? Not to mention she's probably knackered. Um, yeah, she definitely is. She definitely is knackered. Definitely is. So, yeah. Um, Moy, I'm going to actually come straight back to you because sure. I thought at 2-1, United, I was again feeling that. Na- I mean, I'm always feeling nervous, but I was feeling nervous. And Yeah, I've seen your tweets. I was getting excited because I was feeling <laughs> nervous and I was like, yes! <laughs> They're feeling it. <laughs> They're worried. Yes! Um, but then we had... Some bizarre substitutions, I think. And I could see you getting weird about this. I will say Lucy Staniforth, good substitution. She caused problems. But everything else, like this throwing on all the attacking players. What was going on? I'm not going to lie. I don't think Mark Skinner is good at making substitutions. I don't think his in-game management is good. It's like, you better hope he's right from the beginning, otherwise you're done. To be honest, like, his in-game management is not it. I was like, you know what? Hopefully he can see 2-1, we're still in the game. He makes calculated decisions here, but he didn't make any calculated decisions. He just said, we need a goal. Who scores goals? Attackers. On you go. <laughs> one by one. Like, one by one, everyone up you go. But I feel like, so naive. It was like how I would coach, like, an under-14s class that used to just like, go, go, go. It, he didn't think about how attackers score goals. He didn't think about like what needs to happen in the midfield in order for the strikers to get the ball. He took away all the balance from the midfield. That was like he took away the ball winner, Hayley Ladd. <laughs> so I don't know how he even thought we were. I don't know how he even thought we were going to progress an attack because he took away the ball winner. He took away our biggest attacking threat. Then he had with wingers on the pitch. So all we had was wingers on the pitch and then he wanted to build an attack through a midfield that was superior. That We were facing a midfield that was superior to us. So I feel like he didn't think about, okay, how are the attackers going to get the ball? And the attackers themselves didn't really seem to know what the plan was. Like with, when Staniforth came on, I felt like she knew what she came on to do. Like she was making a lot of runs into the centre, um, even though she came on basically to play left wing almost. Um, 
she was making a run through the center. So I could tell that like she'd been instructed to do that. But with the rest of them, it was just like, if you can win the ball back, try. If not, try and like push a couple of people off the ball and let's see what we can do. Um, but it, it was kind of annoying because we brought on people that can head the ball and then we took off all the people that can cross the ball. So it was kind of like, <laughs> not sure what we want to do here. And I felt like he didn't really know. Yeah, it definitely felt like a bit like it was. It was weird because it didn't need to necessarily be panic because it felt like the momentum was with United uh, Abdullah. Yeah. But then it it was weird, right? Because it felt like actually Chelsea substitutions I thought were really good, and when kind of Canerud came on, Dress Carter came on, you're like, this game is getting tied in a bow right now and then Erin Cuthbert also makes amends for her mistake United unable to clear a bouncing ball looked like a little deflection great shot but all of that had come from the fact that Chelsea had there was like 10 minutes for Chelsea after they conceded where we were really struggling but then we just kind of got back on the ball we were taking it into the corner and we saw the benefits of you know LJ's ball retention Cameron's ball retention right in and it goes back to the PSG game as well, I think, that like that feels like a level we've gone up this season, that we can control games in stressful situations. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think I think game management's become a lot better because I think, like you said, there was a, there was a moment of struggle where Chelsea were just on the course. They were just pinned back for at least 10, 15 minutes. You know, United attack after attack after attack. And you know, and that's obviously, I think for me, that's where Millie Bright really shined with the defensive blocks and and, and clearances and crosses and everything. I think they were, um, and that was really good. But I think you're right. I think where we keep praising Lauren James's ball retention and kind of her ability to get the ball to kind of stick to her, this is where it, it doesn't just work in attacking situations and works in defensive situations and so just keeping the ball. Let's get it in the corner. And I think. The substitution of Canarid coming on for Wrighton, I think, came at the right time because I think it was the 74th or 75th minute. I was watching Guru Wrighton and, like, and she made this pressing sprint towards a United player. And I'm like, how do you still have so much energy to press forward and, and, and go there? And I was like, this is insane, right? But And I think that moment for me typified the fact that the fact that Chelsea didn't make a substitution, I think, was the right one because the players up front we're still sort of fresh in terms of being able to press, keep the job. And Chelsea weren't conceding like insanely, you know, insanely crazy chances, like clear cut ones. I mean, we saw that in the XG, right? It was, it was 0.5 to United, right? So clearly Chelsea were defending well, even though it looked like they were under a lot of pressure going in, you know, going in forward. And kind of what Moya was saying, the players that could head the ball were getting in there, were there, but the players who could cross in weren't. So again, again, contributing to the whole 0.5. And I think, Chelsea read that situation kind of well, going, okay, we can see what's happening. Let's keep it as it's going. But then as the game started opening up again, Chelsea was starting to count a little bit more, bringing on that fresh set of legs in Canarid for Wrighton, kind of weirdly someone who can keep the ball, but can also stretch it wide, keep it going. And I felt like that was good. And when Carter came on, you were like, right, the epitome of shutting the game down if we can, yeah. go, if we can, if we can throw it back to the OG, we I think we said it last season: the John Obi Mikel substitution, bring it in, <laughs> close it down, and we, we're, we're taking this home. I think was was really really good coming in for those five six extra you know extra time minutes, and you know I, I thought it was uh, I thought I thought part of it was you know taking advantage of United's mistake, but also I felt like the game management in general was there to see for Chelsea and and you know what what Denise did. I think was really really good. 
Yeah, and I think that I tweeted this kind of after the game, but I think we just showed like a lot of character and a lot of patience that when things were a bit weird in the first half, not to freak out about it and force it and to kind of believe that those those moments and chances would come and, and they did, right? Um, with some great finishing actually really from, from everyone concerned. But Moya, what what do you think this game means for United moving forward? I've, we've kind of talked about it a bit, but I feel like there's been lots of Twitter reactions, which are basically like, <laughs> "Oh, United aren't like it, they're nothing that they're cracked up to be." But I still think you can look at the start of the season and say, "United have won games this season that they wouldn't have won last season, even if it's just yeah. in the consistency of of going through those first kind of five games with the five victories." But but what are you taking <laughs> away from this match, positive or negative? Um, on the positive side, I feel like can stand up to bigger opposition better now than last season. And then on the other side, I'd say it was that we still don't really manage games great. Um, we don't really manage games great in, in games that we are the underdog. So I feel like we almost were surprised that it was 2-1. We started to believe, but then moments we've got to have people on the pitch that tell people to calm down like I felt like some of the players were very excited and no one other than Mary up to tell them to calm down um but yeah I guess it's just more so about picking our moments and then also understanding there's still steps to go in our like evolution basically that yeah we're not there yet we still need some pieces um we still yeah we still need some pieces basically but that we have to just keep believing in what the team is trying to build. Well, I will certainly be cheering for United at the Emirates against Arsenal after the international break, given we've got the yeah. win against you. But Abdullah, <laughs> same kind of question for you, but from a Chelsea perspective, how, how much do you take from, from this win? Looking across kind of this time period where we've been without Emma Hayes, the start of the season, obviously there's the Liverpool loss, but to get six points from games against City and United, you know, we can be fair. I'm fairly pleased with that, basically. Yeah, I think from a points perspective, super pleased. I mean, if if we're if we're being if we're going to be brutally honest, I think there is definitely things that 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 this team can improve on, and we'll get on to, and we we've talked about in the last couple of weeks. But to be able to still have things to improve on, yet take six points from City and United, I, I know I think any one of us would have uh, would have chomped at the bits of getting that at the start of the season. And I think um, the fact that Chelsea have one or two more gears to go up on in terms of building themselves up and you know getting better at the slower starts starting quicker and doing all that i think is just in a way uh a, a massive massive plus because now you go into a nice break everybody can 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 take a moment away from the club you know emma hayes comes back maybe she'll have you know and i think i think maybe in a weird way emma hayes taking a step back and kind of maybe looking at it from a holistic point of view Maybe she comes back with better ideas and something a bit fresh coming back after, you know, if, if she does come back for that Spurs game, you know, with a fresh perspective, fresh ideas, maybe the things that she couldn't see on the touchline, now she's looking at it from a TV perspective and, you know, suddenly things open up, ideas come through and, um, you know, and it's, and it's, and not to forget, we've been missing Fran Kirby for the last couple of weeks, right? And that's been a massive, massive miss, right? Uh, Kankovic hasn't been seen for, you know, pretty much all season. So, you know, with with a couple of essentially new players coming back into the team, you know things to change. I th- I think it's I think Chelsea can be can be happy going into going into the next few weeks. 
All right, a nice little positive thing to round off that section of the show. We're going to take another quick ad break, and when we come back, we'll be heading to Abdullah's Analytics Corner to talk about some pressing. All right, thanks to our sponsors for supporting the show. Abdullah, we're here. We're in your Analytics Corner. We're going to talk about Chelsea's pressing and how that changed over the game quickly. Take it away. All right, I'm not going to spend too long, given as you've heard us for the last almost hour. But listen, I think for me, um, this game was all about, the, the noticeable thing is all about the press, especially in the first half. And when you talk about a tale of two halves, I think for me, this was literally that. Because that first half, for me, was was Chelsea pressing in in, in almost a 4-2-3-1, 4-2-3-1 shape. But at the same time, it really felt like one half of the players were pressing but then the other half weren't, and it was very disjointed. You know, you had maybe Guru pressing off the left, but then Sam maybe taking a second or two later to press. But then when you get to the right-hand side, where Harder had to move across and maybe Jane's coming in, United found it a lot easier to kind of play out from their left and Chelsea's right. And time and time again, it felt like there was in, that was pressure off the left, but the right side was incorporating in the same sort of manner in terms of the, the in terms of the timing and you know, and, and intensity. And I felt like it was just really easy for United to play out from the back and play out from the left. And, you know, that's where I, that's where I found the biggest thing where, you know, maybe that's, and that's probably where the confidence of, you know, United trying to be Barcelona-esque of playing out from the back and doing it came from because they almost felt like in the first half, they had the opportunities to play out almost as freely as they needed to be without as much pressure or follow up from, from behind. Because even when they did get into midfield, I felt like, Chelsea midfield didn't press um, as quickly as possible, and it just kind of gave Zellum and Ladd and all the you know all these players in midfield kind of time to um, pick their passes out to the wide areas. And then especially when you go into the second half, it just felt like for me the the, the switch flicked, and suddenly you know the team talk was right. We need to be quicker. We need to go faster. We need to we need to stop United from playing out from back because there is a mistake in there to come through. And and you know you saw that with. Katie, I'm giving the ball away. Suddenly, Chelsea were playing two, three yards forward. Players were in better, narrower positions off the ball. And in the, especially in the two wide players, or the two tens, if you can call them, James and and, uh, and Wrighton were playing in this kind of the half spaces where it was just enough between the centre-back and the, and the full-backs. So that if it goes either way, they can push out or push in, condense the space, make it difficult for them. And either they have to boot it out long or they try and play out from the back, which they did. And if there's even one hint of a mistake, which Zellum did gave into Sophie Ingle, then they pay for it. And then Chelsea were able to, you know, profit from that. But for me, that was probably the biggest thing. And 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 again, um, you know, you, you you we talk about progression again. I think again, progression was an issue for Chelsea, uh, you know, in general. So um, you know, I think I think that's where I think that that slow start going into a quicker start, I think, needs to come into it because. If Chelsea do this against, you know, a Lyon, a Barcelona, a Bayern Munich in, in in a Champions League knockout stage, then those teams will be a lot more a uh, lot more lethal, and they'll punish Chelsea a lot quicker than uh, than someone like United will because of just you know the way they 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 played it out yesterday. 
All right, plenty to ponder there during the international break. Further reading for you on the curriculum as well. Abdullah's written a piece on his Substack Pressing Matters about progression within the Chelsea team this season. So go and give that a look too. Um, we're going to kind of wrap up here by picking a Dan of the match, a clear winner on Twitter, which I won't reveal just yet. But Moya, who, who stood out to you? Who was your player of the match? Um, my player of the match was LJ. Um, yeah, I, I feel think like that was, was a popular I'm, answer. I'm saying this through gritted teeth. <laughs> um, no, she, um, she was a constant threat, to be honest. Like, even outside of the goal that she scored, I felt like she was a constant threat. Like, she was someone that United had to worry about constantly. So, so yeah, I'd give it to her. Abdullah, are you going the same? Yeah, I think LJ was got the decisive goal, was was a menace throughout. And I think, I think just specifically that game management of keeping the ball, I think for me, was the most impressive part. So, LJ all the way. Yeah, I will say the same, and so did Twitter. We had Sam Kerr, Sophie Ingle, and Lauren James as our options. Lauren James running away with the vote on 64%. Some lovely comments from Paul Green, too, after the game, uh, saying, Lauren James is a top player. We just had to be patient and build her slowly and get her right off the pitch last season. Learning from senior players that we've got really helped her when she wasn't seeing much of the pitch, but this season she's been electric. You saw her again tonight. Every time she got the ball, you expected something to happen, and she was the real bright spark for us. She thoroughly deserved the goal. And I also want to shout her out because when Lindsay, after the game, asked her how it felt to score against United, she just went, sweet. <laughs> <laughs> which I just again I really respect because when players come and give it like all really polite <laughs> I don't mind it but I was just like yeah but <laughs> um, she's a baller and she knows it yeah well exactly yeah. Like, enjoy it <laughs> if, if fans want to boo you, you you can do what you want right like that's that's the Agreed. quid pro quo Agreed alright glad we are all agreed on that LJ keep doing your thing on and off the pitch um, as we said, we're heading into an international break. Uh, the good news is that after the international break, we should hopefully be having Emma Hayes back on the touchline for our next game, which is Spurs at Stamford Bridge before we go into a pretty hefty period of games in the lead up to Christmas. We've got Real Madrid at home, Leicester City away, Real Madrid away, Reading at home and Vlatsnia away. It's kind of our next six games so yeah it's going to be an exciting and busy time once we get back from the international break so let's all do our prayer circles that no one comes home injured um quick look at the table arsenal are still top on goal difference they have won all their games we are on equal points for having played a game more united slipped down to third having lost to us but also have a game in hand um then city spurs villa everton west ham brighton liverpool reading and leicester city still bottom on zero points um some pretty interesting results uh, across the weekend generally but if you haven't watched the highlights of Brighton 5 West Ham 4 I recommend you seek those out Chelsea Loney Georgia Fox scoring her first goal for Brighton too so that was nice to see from a Chelsea perspective um Moyo thank you so much for joining us today where can Thanks everyone find you if they want to hear your thoughts more often um my twitter is Moyo so my name Moyo's laboratory um yeah, that's my that's Twitter. Where she's come cooking there. up the and thoughts. Exactly. <laughs> and um, yeah, and on the Gold Diggers podcast as well. I really recommend checking out the Gold Diggers podcast. It is always a great laugh. Um, 
what is coming up for us we are going into the international break as we said but there will still be Chelsea content coming out over here I did an interview last week with Samantha Lewis who wrote the amazing piece about all of Sam Kerr's goals um, we literally spent an hour talking about how much we loved Sam Kerr and I almost cried because I just love Sam Kerr so much <laughs> um, so if you love Sam Kerr you can listen to that interview that should be coming out later this week and hopefully me and Abdullah will maybe come back and do some mailbag content so get thinking up those questions Chelsea fans but until then you know what to do keep the blue flag flying high